successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to a Grill Nation on KMBZ 980 AM and at GrillNationShow.com along with iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Appreciate you guys joining us as well on podcast today. Uh, big show today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Real quickly, before I get started with our guests, I want to thank our partners and supporters of the show. The title sponsors of Grill Nation are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, Two West Advisors, and Ryan Rink. Contributors and on-air guest co-hosts and supporters, The Rear KC and Jay Rigurinko, Ryan Maybe, Kennessee Power and Light District, and Reactor Design Studios and Clifton Alexander. One of those gentlemen is with me today uh, from the Rieger KC and Jay Rieger and Co. Ryan Maybe is going to be joining me on the show today. We have a fun show in store, and uh, we're going to be bringing on a guy by the name of Michael Corvino, who is the chef and owner of Corvino Supper Club and Tasting Room, new restaurant opening up in the Crossroads. A lot of fun. It's going to be really fun to talk to him about kind of what's going to be happening down there. Ryan uh, set that interview up. He's joining me now. Ryan, maybe welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Good to be back. It's, uh, we're going to have a timely show today with yeah. you and with Michael. Um, first off, let's talk about what, you, what you've been up to uh, jet-setting right now, trying to expand <laughs> Jay Rieger. Right? Yeah, I kind of feel like I've been on a on a, an American tour or something. A um, lot of different cities in, in a, a pretty brief time span. But we've we've been we did the same thing last year. Uh, during the spring where we added a whole bunch of new states uh, distribution-wise for Jay Rieger & Co. And uh, we're doing it again uh, basically like February through April. And as we launch new markets and, and make our spirits available there, uh, it's really important to Andy and I that we have the ability to help cultivate the businesses there mm-hmm. and, and nurture the market and, and go in and train the sales team and uh, meet with buyers and bar owners and bartenders and just – you know, help help inspire people to drink our products. Mm-hmm. Uh, new website, uh, same web address, jriegerco.com. If you go to the website, there's a tab with the Spirits Locator, and uh, it's really cool how it's done. It's very interactive, but it shows a map of all the different states you guys are available in, some of which are obviously Missouri, Kansas, Illinois. You're in Texas, Louisiana, Georgia, a uh, lot of states, all the way out to Colorado, Minnesota up to New York now, D.C., some stuff on the East Coast. You're Maryland, really hit, Delaware, you're Maryland. Yeah, you're Georgia. 17 states? Uh, 17, including Washington, D.C., yeah. Uh, what has been your biggest surprise when you've been traveling about uh, what people think of the brand and and just kind of the whole the whole environment? You know, I don't know that it's, it's really surprising, but just the overall uh, response that we get, the reception, people are really excited about it. Um, you know, I think what we have is really special and unique, but maybe the, the biggest surprise is I think people get a little bit of sticker shock. And what I mean is that it's less expensive than what they expect. Mm-hmm. You know, in this climate right now with a lot of new 
distilleries popping up and and offering uh, new products. They they're some of them are really expensive, and we've uh, from the very beginning been um, really intent on making it a, an approachable price point and and in ingredients that you can use in cocktails. And I think that's been a little bit of a surprise to uh, bartenders, bar owners, and um, people in the industry is that we're, we're really competitively priced. Mm-hmm. You guys have expanded whiskey, gin, vodka, Cafe Amaro. Yeah. What is that again? So Cafe Amaro is, uh, the word Amaro means bitter mm-hmm. in Italian, and it's a category of liqueur from Italy that is uh, designed as an after-dinner drink. Uh, Digestivo was originally intended to have medicinal purposes. Um, the one that we do is uh, herbal botanical, and uh, with coffee, we partnered with Thou Mayest, which is a local sure. coffee roaster. They choose the beans, they do the roast, they produce a cold brew. And so it's it's like a coffee liqueur, but not sticky sweet like so many of them. It's still got some bitter, herbal, dry finish to it. Actually, uh, Wine Enthusiast just did a uh, feature on coffee liqueurs from around the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, they rated uh, they rated ours along with many others, and we got 95 points and best in category. Really? So that was that was pretty exciting. Congratulations are, on that. Yeah, you guys uh you guys are killing it. Also, I will mention uh Ryan's uh manifesto was James Beard finalist or what <laughs> yeah, was that? Yeah, it was uh it was a nominee uh semifinalist nom- nominee for James Beard this year for uh, outstanding bar program. Amazing. Uh we're talking to Ryan Maybe, guest host and contributor to Grill Nation. His Twitter handle is at Roundtable Rye. Um one of the things I wanted to talk to you about before we go into our next segment is your specialty kind of uh, signature limited edition release that you guys are just now actually it's it's happening this week I believe or very soon yeah it just hit stores hit stores this week uh, the new monogram whiskey yeah tell us about that this is a really fun it's project got a great great branding yeah it. it's beautiful we you know from the beginning we brought back the original Jay Rieger logo um, and and elements of branding but this label the monogram whiskey label is really true to the original. Uh, Jay Rieger monogram whiskey, and we wanted it to be kind of our signature reserve uh, higher-end bottling. And uh, basically what we did was we took four 500-liter uh, sherry botas that are between 80 and 100 years old, uh, which are basically impossible to come by. Um, but we have a partnership with a, a bodega in uh, in Spain, and they uh, were willing to give us these four large casks. And we filled them with uh, light corn whiskey that was about nine years old and with some straight rye that was about 11 years old. And this is back in uh, June, July of 2015. And we've been finishing those whiskeys in those casks since then and doing a, a Solaris system where we basically draw some out, uh, blend it, and then top the barrels off with a little bit more uh, younger whiskey and then continue to uh, age it. And so the, it's been this kind of ongoing uh, blend that we've been formulating between ourselves and Steve Olson, who is a, a partner in the business and a, a sherry wine expert. And so it's something that we're really proud of, we're really excited about, and we think that it's something that uh, people have never really tasted anything quite like this before. Thousand bottles. Yeah, for so the country. it's very exclusive for the country. You yeah. will have offerings here in Kansas City, of course. Most of it will stay home. Yeah, it'll, it'll stay here in KC. Well, I, I just think it looks great. There was an article in the Kansas City Star about it, if you guys want to check it out. Uh, resurrecting the monogram whiskey, a thousand bottles available this week in Kansas City and throughout the country. Um, Ryan, for those of us who have not visited the distillery, tell us about that and how that works. Well, we're uh, we're located down the East Bottoms, right across the street from Local Pig and across the railroad tracks from Knuckleheads. And uh, great spot, by the way. 
Yeah, concert. yeah, it's, it's a cool, it's a lot of fun. It's a really cool location, and it's kind of a little pocket of Kansas City that not a lot, a lot of people know about. Um, but we're excited to be down there, and it's uh, we're in about a fifteen thousand square foot old uh, concrete warehouse uh, where we're distilling every day, and right now we have about two thousand barrels on hand that we're uh, we're continuing to age and blend from, and um, hopefully going to expand uh, at some point as well, and and build a, a an even bigger distillery. But people are welcome to come down. We don't really have like a formal tasting room or event space, but we do tours on occasion, and uh, we are always happy to host people and have them check it out. Yeah, you. That's one of the things I want to do. I have not been down. You yet. need to. Uh, Andy's told me about it. We should do a live remote from there. Actually, I will be down there in April. Okay. Uh, there's a uh, Casey Business Journal event going on down yeah. there. I told Andy about it. He's like, okay. He yeah. Did, three or four months ago, and. Uh, so I will be down there in April, so I'm excited to check it out, see what you guys have been up to, actually set foot on the uh, the, the hardwood floor, the ground floor there, and uh, see what's all going on. We're going to be, uh, Ryan's going to be joining me for the rest of the show, a lot more topics to discuss with him, and then after we uh, do another segment with Ryan, we're going to have Michael Corvino from Corvino's Supper Club and Tasting Room joining us here on Grill Nation. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill, 980 AM and GrillNationShow.com. Again, thanks for listening as well on podcast, iTunes, and Stitcher Radio. We're talking to Ryan Maybe, who's the uh, with the Rigger KC and Jay Rigger & Co., guest contributor, partner, and supporter of Grill Nation. Just a, a great guy here in Kansas City and uh, really done a lot of great things over the years. Happy to have him on again on the show. We have him on every other month where he brings in a... Really cool guests, and we talk a lot about uh, what he's been up to. And on today's show, after we're done with Ryan here, we're going to have on Michael Corvino from Corvino's Supper Club and Tasting Room, which will be opening up very shortly in Kansas City Crossroads. Uh, going to be a really cool concept, Ryan. Uh, you know, small plates. They're going to have affordable options, live music, great, great high end food too. If you want to do a, a tasting room kind of concept, uh, just going to be a great addition to the neighborhood. I think you know, knowing I've, I've known him for a few few years now since he moved here from Dallas and he took over the executive chef role at the American restaurant. Uh, super cool dude, great food. And I just love the fact that he has decided to open up his, his own place here in Kansas city and just around the corner from me in the crossroads. I honestly think it's going to be one of the more, um, one of the most exciting restaurant openings in Kansas city in a long time. I mean, he's, he's going to do some cool things. The, the music element, I think, uh, yeah, that's perfect. something that we need in Kansas city. You know, we, we have such we have, a rich history of, of music in, in KC and, and not just jazz, but beyond jazz. And, you know, I, I think that we currently could use more venues, you know, more more uh, places for, for, play, for so guys what, to play. What, when someone asks you that question, Ryan, since you're a, a food man and just can know everything about Kansas City right now, uh, what would you say? What would you say would be the best place to go to get live music? Well, actually, I uh, there are quite a few, um, but recently I've really kind of fallen in love with the Green Lady Lounge. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I love the fact that they are open 365 days a year, live music every single day until 2 a.m., you know. And they don't just start it late. They start it a little earlier. Right. Too. And so it's it's reliable and consistent, and it's good. 
I mean, the the lineups, the the guys they have playing there are really, really good. It's got a great vibe late at night because it's not just you know, the old school jazz jazz clubs are like listening rooms where I remember going to places, you know, 10, 15 years ago and getting shushed, you know, but it's more of a, a bar environment, mm-hmm. you know, you cocktails, hang out, talk to friends. It's it's a funky little bar if you haven't been there. I mean, it, it's a it's a fun little place. But uh, I think that's been a fantastic addition uh, to the scene here. Um, and one of, one of my kind of go-to late night places mm-hmm. of late. So Ryan, you're going to be, uh, hitting the road. You, you travel all the time. We mentioned that in the first I have been lately. Yeah, you're going to be guest bartending up in Minneapolis. Back to back nights on, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Back to back nights at the parlor and, uh, and constant. How, how does that happen? How do you, how do they, how do well, you, I know uh, you were a famous, uh, international <laughs> bartender. What was that magazine that said you were? You get noticed a lot, uh, even though you're kind vibe. of you kind of been doing other things of late. You know, than, yeah. than just bartending. You know, it, it's funny. I um, I if somebody asks me what I do, I love to say I'm a bartender. I mean, I I kind of self identify as a bartender because I think that it, it, it has meant so much to my career. You know, whether it's going on to to bar restaurant ownership or now uh, with Jay Rieger and Co. I don't think any of it would have been possible without my my time as a bartender and mm-hmm. um. Someday when I grow up, I just want to be a bartender again. <laughs> you know, I really love doing it. But I, I take a, I, I get a little, little slack from my staff because I bartend more outside of Kansas City than I do here now. And I honestly don't bartend at all anymore at, at Manifesto and the Rieger. Um, I, I don't have time and we have a, a great staff. So, um, you know, that, that part's great. But as we build our brand, as we build Jay Rieger and company around uh, the U.S., we really are building the brand through bars and restaurants and through bartenders and through cocktails. And as we do that, it's just sort of a natural, uh, it's a natural thing for me to go and bartend at these, these, uh, bars and, and places around the country and help promote the brand that way. And what's really cool about it is it's such a collaborative and supportive environment within our community nationwide mm-hmm. that they want me to come do it, you know, That's cool. and I want them to come here. I want to bring people here and have them guest bartend at manifesto at the Regan. We've done that as well. So when you're guest bartending, you know, you can tell people about the brand and where you're from and absolutely. Yeah. I'm talking about the brand, obviously in the cocktails, but I'm also like, I'm out there like spreading the gospel of Kansas City. Like, that, I, that's I'm what we need. Super proud of of KC and uh, where we come from. So that's a big part of it as well. Ryan, maybe with me today, uh, Ryan Joe's KC. Yeah, you guys have been doing a lot of collaborations in Kansas yeah. City. You mentioned Thalmaist uh, with one of your uh, with Cafe Amaro. Um, talk to me about what you're doing with Joe's KC. Uh, we're doing a couple a uh, couple collaborative things with them. Uh, we've been working for quite some time on a collaborative, uh, barbecue sauce with Kansas city whiskey. And that's, um, that's gonna, that'll be here before you know it. We're pretty excited about that. But, uh, um, with their chef, Carrie, we're also doing a collaborative dinner at their event space out South in Overland park on April 7th. We're doing a four course dinner with chef Howard Hanna from the Rieger and Carrie from, uh, Joe's and, uh, I'll be doing cocktails with, uh, Jay Rieger spirits. That is in April. Yeah, April 7th. Very cool. Um, that's going to be interesting. A, a whiskey barbecue sauce. Makes sense, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it makes we had, natural uh, we sense. We had a guest a few weeks ago who talked about a vino ketchup. Uh huh. So he has wine and ketchup combined. And they're, they're, on the, they're on the shelves now, I think, at uh, Whole Foods. Yeah. So, I mean, you think about it. I mean, why not whiskey and barbecue sauce? Absolutely. And uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. We did not talk about that off air. So... When are you expecting that to be completed? Um, I don't know. Um, I don't know when it's going to be 2017? officially. 2017? Yes. Um, yeah. I don't, we, honestly, we were hoping to have it ready to kind of kick off on uh, the night of this dinner. Um, I can't promise that right now. But 
the recipe's done. We're kind of working on the bottling and packaging labeling of it, and then it'll uh, it'll be out there and it'll be available. So, a lot of development going on in the crossroads. Yeah. We're going to have Michael on to talk about the Corgans, Corgan Square, uh, Corgan Station, excuse me, and um, what he's doing at Corvino Supper Club and Tasting Room. But also, too, you, you, we talked about it. There's a lot of new restaurants opening up, too. We, Mission Taco is opening up. Yeah. Uh, and there's a new place right by where you live that's going to be opening up. <laughs> yeah, it's like the entrance, uh, Swordfish Tom's is coming to the crossroads. Swordfish Tom's, Swordfish yes. Tom's. I love the name, actually. I think it's really cool. It's a reference to uh, Tom Waits' album. Um, it's really neat. But it, it's going to be kind of uh, you know a discreet little basement cocktail lair. Uh, where ironically the entrance to it is in the alley, literally right next to my parking <laughs> space at my home. Um, I swear, I mean, like I need another speakeasy right outside my door, you know, but, uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, it's going to be owned and operated by Jill Coxon from, uh, she's from Nebraska and she had a, a bar up, up in Lincoln for a while that was really, really, uh, well known and renowned. And she's been working on this for a while. I think it's going to be another very cool addition to the crossroads. Um, and it should be, it should be a lot of fun. Mission Taco, you mentioned, it's in the um, building they hit by the car. It's the one that got plowed into by a I used runaway to work, vehicle. I used to work over in that right. part of town, and I remember when that day when that happened. <laughs> yeah, they've been on. They've been working on that for a while. And I think that that little uh, incident kind of slowed down their progress. But uh, from what I understand, they're closer now, and they're looking to to start hiring. And uh, Mission Taco is based out of uh, St. Louis. I think there's three locations in St. Louis, and I've I've been to all of them, and they're they're good, man. It's it's consistent, good quality uh, Mexican food. A lot of tequila, and mezcal. I think. You know, sort of like Port Fonda ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be a cool addition to the crossroads. Nothing else quite like that. There is um, a lot of additions over on that east side of the crossroads. Right. You were in the kind of like the Hallmark era. You're you're kind of in the we're right ground in the zero west yeah. west west crossroads. Yeah. What is that? What has that been like seeing it, it, it expand? I guess you will. I think it's only natural. I mean, right there by uh, by where Mission Taco is is Grinders, and Grinders has been there probably longer than anyone in the crossroads. I mean, talk about a pioneer for that neighborhood you know, stretch was uh, way out in front. So seeing some of those buildings and empty surface parking lots now uh, be developed and turned into something, I think it just connects the dots and makes everything much more walkable. That's really the key. I mean, for, for a downtown neighborhood like that to uh, thrive, I think it needs to be very, very walkable. And the more businesses we have popping up and filling in those spaces uh, will, will accomplish that goal. Speaking of that, um, you've been looking out your window into a blighted uh, development that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, only for about eight years, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you have a hotel to your right that's going up. Uh, and also, too, you're telling me now this is going to be developed. Uh, we, yeah. You know, the other side of the street, Not you know, all you have really out now is a fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think that's going to do? Um, from what I understand, it's going to do a lot. I mean, I, th- I think... Uh, what I've read lately is that everything has been uh, uh, approved and they're they're moving forward. Um, we've met the developers uh, a couple of times. It was you know we talked about this before on one of our other shows. I think where Witt Solberg, yeah, you know he bought up all of that property. He basically bought the entire block mm-hmm. of empty surface lots and the old Midwest Hotel. And he's been very motivated and aggressive to make something happen. And so he's found a, a developer I think based out of Detroit uh, to develop it into mixed use. Uh, first floor retail and, you know, probably another bar restaurant and then above it will be residential. And I also think he, I know he's, uh, salvaging the facade of the old, uh, Hotel Midwest, which I think is great because you're going to have a, a really cool eclectic mix of this, you know, century old architecture with new architecture as well. 
I think that just gives the neighborhood a lot of a lot of character. Well, you know, you have the condo or the apartments next door to you now. Yeah. Which have, have beautified that street. Yeah. 100% um, full, too. Is it really? Yeah. Man, it's amazing. Um, also, too, we talked about a little bit off air about valet services uh, in the crossroads. What do, what do, you, what do you know about that? <clears throat> um, I don't know a whole lot. I just know that it's something that the Crossroads Community Association is exploring uh, as a group. Um, I was out of town for the – they had an infrastructure meeting. Uh, last week and I, I wasn't able to attend um, but uh, they sent out some meeting notes and I know they're working with the city and looking at options um, and with some of the these new uh, lots being developed into like parking garages and stuff I think we're going to have opportunity you know to share space and and utilize valet service so um, you know if the city or if the community the, the Crossroads Community Association can help um, make that work that would be great for everyone. Yeah, it would. Um, it would just be a lot easier for people. Absolutely. Uh, you know, your your parking lot's always, it's always you're full. You're so good. You're so good. <laughs> um, Ryan maybe with me today, the Rieger KC and Jay Rieger & Co. Check it out at jriegerco.com. Uh, Going to be joining me as we go to our next interview with Michael Corvino. Corvino Supper Club and Tasting Room. And uh, the website for that is corvino.com. Really enjoying hanging out with Ryan today and really enjoying you listening as well. Gonna really gonna enjoy this next segment in these interviews with Michael. So please please stay with us today and uh, we'll be right back on Grill Nation. I got that sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet, I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Hello and welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill, 980 AM and on talk980am.com. Appreciate you listening as well on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, via podcast. Connect with me at Jason Grill on Twitter and at Grill Nation Show, available also on all other social medias. Just search for Jason Grill. Appreciate you joining and connecting with us again today. Joined today again by guest hosting contributor to Grill Nation, Ryan Maybe, who is uh, with The Rieger KC and Jay Rieger & Co., great companies here in Kansas City and uh, Ryan has been been working hard and was able to line up our guest for today for the final two segments of the show Michael Corvino who's the chef and owner at Corvino Supper Club and Tasting Room opening up uh, very soon in Kansas City in the crossroads in the Corgan Station building a new building that is right in the heart of the crossroads uh, Michael welcome to the show Thank you for having me. It's great to have you, Ryan. Uh, why don't you start us off here? Because I know that uh, you guys have known each other now for a few years, and Michael, your background is pretty, pretty, pretty cool, and you've you've traveled all around the country, and uh, decided to put your roots down here at the Corvina Supper Club in Kansas City. So, uh, Ryan, why don't you start us off and get sure. into some well, background actually, we, here? Uh, so, we first met when you moved here from Dallas uh, to take over the executive chef role at the American, right? Yes. Which was what year was that? Just about almost four years ago, and we've done we've 13. done complete shows about the uh, the American and how how much of a <laughs> I've gushed uh, <laughs> over it a number of times. Yeah, brought in Doug Frost uh, a while back, and we were we were reminiscing about the American. It's a special place, and yeah. it treated me well, and it brought me to Kansas City, and a few other factors kept me here. That's awesome. <laughs> so Dallas, by way of what Portland is that right, Ryan? Or the East Coast, uh, yes. Northwest. I was opening. I opened a couple of restaurants in Portland prior to being in Dallas. I was, I was in Southwest Florida for a couple of years prior to that, and Chicago 
for a few years prior to that. Originally from where? where Washington you? State, Walla okay. Walla, Washington. Okay, I saw that in your uh, bio. What's Walla Walla, Washington like? It's a little <laughs> teeny small town in a valley in the corner of southeastern Washington, surrounded by desert and the Columbia River and the Snake River Gorge. <laughs> <laughs> so you've uh, you've ended up in the Midwest. What's that like? It's a lot different than probably where you grew up. It's crazy. I mean, the extreme heat in the summers and the extreme cold in the winters. When I left Chicago, I thought to myself, probably never settle down in the Midwest. And here, here you are. Here I am in Kansas City. <laughs> um, what's Portland like? Uh, because Ryan and I were talking, you know, they've gotten a lot of good press over the last 15 years, growing city. Um, how has that changed? I mean, you obviously. When I showed up. Right at the beginning of 2008, and it was really entering or at the peak of this huge restaurant kind of boom. When I go back now, there's hundreds of restaurants everywhere that I weren't there that have opened since. So it's just gone crazy. There was there were kids moving from every city in the country to Portland when I got there. We opened with, I think, our entire team for Urban Farmer. One of the restaurants I opened was 60 people. and wow. We were able to hire all those people really fast. So now, now everybody's like, "Where are all the cooks?" It's so hard in every city. It was it was crazy when I moved there. I think there's a lot of parallels in uh, in Portland between Portland and Kansas City. And my my experiences there, like just the the culture, the uh, the attitude, the the growth downtown with restaurants, the streetcar. I think the streetcar in Portland is really similar to the one here in in Kansas City as well. And I've been to some other cities lately um, that I was kind of surprised didn't have. Uh, the the public transportation that I thought they would have, considering their size and population. But um, Portland feels comfortable, feels familiar. Definitely, There's way more hipsters in Portland than Kansas City. <laughs> a lot more, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah the, for sure. The streetcar really, I've thought about it a lot when pe- people have questioned the streetcar here. Oh, it just goes so far, and I'm, I used to, I lived, I lived in the Pearl District and worked ten blocks down the way downtown in Portland and I took it every day. We'd take it to get from one restaurant to another bar that's five minutes away. It, it's added a city feel like that to Kansas city already for me personally. Totally. Yeah. Ryan, you've, you've, you were bullish on it. Uh, Very at much the so. beginning when people were, were restaurant tours were angry about it and all the construction. Uh, yeah, I guess some were, I mean, it, you know, there's differing uh, opinions on it, but uh, the construction was a headache that, that uh, I thought was something we would just have to, uh, contend with, you know, um, in order to make the city better. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we got through it and, uh, I think we're better off for it. You know, it's got to stop just down the street or, you know, a couple doors down from the Rieger and right around the corner from where you're going to be. And so well, you guys are the, you, you guys are the pioneers, you, you and Howard and I mean, Michael <laughs> Smith, especially being in there first, I feel like I'm coming in when the time is right, <laughs> but, <laughs> they but, the way. but the neighborhood's ready for more and, Ryan is and Howard are excited to have my restaurant there and it's going to help that neighborhood and help when I hear that. And that's what that attitude's what kept me in Kansas city. Mm -hmm. And I met my wife here. Yeah. (laughs) We've had her on the show. She's great. So, um, okay. So tell us about the location. Um, I know Copacan is, is involved with it. Corgan station. Uh, it's, it is right next to a streetcar stop. Uh, kind of close to Michael Smith's and and everything right around there. Right. What's the, what's yes. It, and our, so our entrance is actually on Walnut Street. It's Walnut on, Street. It's on 19th and Walnut. Okay. It's it's a fantastic location. And they built a parking garage across the street. Oh, gosh. So. People in Kansas City love that. They love the sound of uh, 
of more parking, right, Ryan? Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. Well, it's never it, enough. It's it's really. I think it's going to be very helpful for everybody around us. Yeah, that area is. I've I've drove around the Rieger three times. I mean, and I'm happy to see that because they're so busy when I get off work. It makes me happy. But if sometimes if I could go two blocks and park there and walk over, that would be fantastic. So yeah, I think it would it's, be. The parking garage is for everybody. <laughs> so, brand new building, right? So, uh, you can really well, old nineteen twenty one, but brand new, newly renovated. Okay, new, <laughs> yeah, new, newly, new old re- new, new old building. But uh, for your place, there's, it's going to be uh, pretty nice. Tell tell us about that. Tell us about kind of why you decided to open this restaurant in Kansas City, uh, and, and what it what, you know it's going to be in a brand new renovated mm-hmm. building. What's that all like? Tell us about kind of why you decided to do this. Do we have we ever had anything like this in Kansas City? Is this new? Kind of go through the restaurant and, and definitely, and, definitely. Yeah. And I think it's very unlike anything I've seen in Kansas City, but it's it's really unlike any restaurant I've really experienced. There's a really you walk into the back of a very large stage. Um, when Christine and I decided to open this restaurant here. We were actually shopping in Seattle in Washington in my home state. Third trip, we were coming back. We were heading to the airport, and we looked at each other and said, what are we doing? We we, we need to open this in Kansas City. We're both thinking, thinking the same thing. It's it's pretty amazing when that happens, right? We're like, we know, we know the neighborhood. We know it'll work. We love the city. It's been really good to us. We know the people that will support us. And we went right to work on putting this thing here. Um, and we wanted a restaurant I could – cook anywhere. We want a restaurant that would speak to Kansas City. So we have so many mus- friends that are musicians and there's so many young musicians coming up. I hear them talking about the 90s when people were playing music anywhere and it fell off and it's coming back. And I love the music scene and wanted to have a restaurant that was fun and unique to Kansas City and it was a way to rally behind that. And That's exciting uh, uh, for me as well. That's something that I, I find really uh, interesting about your, your concept is that you know, you've got a, you, you know, your style from the American, obviously very high-end, very formal. Um, you're going to have a little bit of that in, in this location with the tasting room part. But then you've got a stage, like a really legit stage and sound system and going to be having nightly, every night, live music? Every night. We're going to have, you know, background to dinner, solo artists, and then we're going to start with the weekends, bringing in a band <clears> at nine thirty ten on Friday, Saturday, staying open till 1, serving, serving a full menu till 1. Um, it's going to be kind of raucous and fun. That's, I love it. <laughs> love well, it. I just had uh, my girlfriend uh, had some friends coming into town, and they said we want to go to a nice dinner and we want to want to listen to live music. And I was like trying to think of places I would take her in Kansas City. And you know, there's a handful I that you know this is not a late night crew. They're not the one a.m. crew. And so you know, there aren't many. I mean, that I know of places to go at seven thirty eight to listen to live music and have good food. So uh, that's pretty exciting that you're incorporating music into this. Yeah, we're, I, we think it's, it's unique, but then it's this kind of old school thing. And that's where we came to, what do we call this restaurant? It, we wanted it to be social and fun and have a big bar in it, not have a bar a separate thing. And we started looking for what to call it. I kept going to like gastro pubs, but that's all this European influence on the food strictly. And we just came to supper club and started researching the Midwest and supper clubs and 
Somebody just sent me an article from their newspaper two days ago about all about a resurgence of supper clubs. People want to go somewhere to gather and socialize and meet people and have fun and listen to music while they eat. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's all coming together really well. Approachable, right? It's an Absolutely. approachable place. And uh, you're going to have seating, it looks like, uh, at the bar, viewing into the kitchen. Is that still happening? There's a little peek into the kitchen. It's a little porthole window, if you will, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, we got about a minute left in this segment. Uh, just give us a preview of what we can expect from a food standpoint. So the, when the we Supper walk Club's in, yeah. a, a large restaurant. with the, It's designed with all shareable plates, so they're all... Okay. Everything's it, just think of a menu full of appetizers, things you want to eat with kind of no rules. You can order one, you can order two, you can order 10 in any order you would like to. Super approachable, approachable in price as well. Um, That's a, important. A place we want people to come <laughs> to often, come a couple times a week. And then we're working on, there's another component. We basically have a teeny tiny little restaurant within this restaurant that we're going to develop over the next month and open in the beginning of um, May, and that's the tasting room. It seats up to 18. You can make individual reservations, counter seats, uh, one focused tasting menu that we gear around every individual guest's preferences and dietary restrictions. So that's the fine dining component. It's completely separate. It's open to the kitchen. You, you kind of feel like you're sitting in somebody's home next to their kitchen, and cooks will be serving you, talking to you. It's amazing. A lot of fun. Michael Corvino, chef and owner at Corvino Supper Club and Tasting Room, is our guest. We're back for one final segment with him and Ryan Maybe after the break. Thanks for joining us. Hello, welcome back to Grill Nation with Jason Grill. 9.80 a.m. and on GrillNationShow.com. Again, joined today by Ryan Maybe, the Rieger KC, and Jay Rieger & Co., great companies here in Kansas City. Our guest is Michael Corvino, who is the chef and owner of the Corvino Supper Club and Tasting Room. The website is Corvino.com. Uh, you're opening your first restaurant on the ground floor of the historic Corgan Station in the heart of the Crossroads Art District. Formerly of the American Chef Corvino's Contemporary Cuisine is described as an interplay of ingredients with the juxtaposition of texture, flavor, shape, and color. Welcome back to the show. So you, uh, the restaurant, 80 seats, is that right? 74 seats. 74 seats, small plates, kind of an American vibe. We don't like to say small plates are not small. Right. (laughs) (laughs) The irony of small plates meant for sharing is uh, um, avoided that very much because how do you you share a miniature plate? (laughs) (laughs) Right. You're going to have a lot of live music. Uh, so what are some of your faves already that you can – can you t- tell us about some of your fave menu items that uh, people listening should enjoy at your restaurant that you're proud of? Absolutely. It's this, The cuisine is really – I call it modern American food, but what that's come to me is pulling ingredients and techniques from all around the world, which is very much my experience as a chef. It's classically trained by French chefs, um, some European chefs, and then I – you know, I – I worked in Chicago at a Chinese restaurant in the Peninsula Hotel. I opened a Japanese restaurant in Portland, and I also opened a modern steakhouse in Portland. So we'll have anything from – we've got a bread program. We'll be making numerous different breads in-house. We're starting out with a couple different ones, like a corn madeleine, kind of playing with corn from the Midwest, and we're playing around with um, 
Actually, we don't have it ready yet, but we're playing up with some uh, spent grains from Jay Rieger. So. I was going to ask you about that. I never, <laughs> we never followed up. But, it, uh, it, 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 came, it came out really good. It's got great potential. We're going to wait wait till that one's really ready. Yeah, We make a lot of different fun things. We make English muffins. My pastry chef's um, got her little sourdough starter baby that she, I don't know how many years she's kept for it. But um, you'll have anything from that to king crab fried rice. So it's really... There's really no rules in this food. It's pulling all of my experiences and just the best ingredients I can find. Um, and it's and it's not going to be super expensive, right? Everyone can come in and eat. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we that. kept the fine dining component. The tasting room very small. It's a completely separate piece of the restaurant. Quality is high. That's our. It's all about quality of ingredients um, from food to drink. And Michael, you've been searching out the crossroads. Uh, as a place to go to open this restaurant? Did you obviously you looked at other cities, you said, but why, why Crossroads for you? There was nowhere else we considered. It just felt so right with the vibe of what we were doing. The, the, the creative artist, um, and sense of community in the crossroads. And then some of my favorite restaurants are in there. That's it. That's really, uh, I love hearing that obviously. Um, yeah, I, I've been thinking for a while that I, I feel like the Crossroads is now like the uh, dining and drinking mecca of Kansas City, whereas, you know, just 10 years ago would have been the Plaza, Westport, you know, other other neighborhoods. But, you know, think about the concentration of great chefs and, and restaurants in the Crossroads. And we still have a lot of empty space that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there. You know, I opened my first business there almost 11 years ago. And to see how far it's come today is amazing. But I love hearing you say that you never even considered – Another neighborhood, but you just knew you wanted to be down there. That's really cool. Yeah, it was it was it was a no brainer. Love it. Um, what are some of your favorite places to go in Kansas City besides the Rieger, Obviously, <laughs> uh, you can say the Rieger. Yeah. <laughs> I go to the Rieger a lot, and I put I put my elbows on the counter there where Howard's sending his food out, and suddenly miraculous a pint of beer shows up. <laughs> the I'm like, I love it. They're my friends. These guys have been so good to me. This is a pretty tight-knit community, isn't it? It is, and I can't wait to to turn the tables and uh, share, share our place with them and that hospi- hospitality. Yeah, so um, it sounds like you like about everything, though, a lot of different types I'm of food. I'm so open-minded to food, and you know, <laughs> I'm, we, we, were, we were doing staff training the other day, and we were in the entire room of all our staff. Everybody said their favorite food, and nobody said my favorite food, and I think it's kind of a no-brainer. They all missed it because it's obvious to everybody, but I was like, Pizza. And I like utility pizza too. I, I mean, I'll I'll go get some nice fine Neapolitan style pie, but that kind of down and dirty <laughs> yeah, pizza it's, right. it serves its purpose. We have sure. some good we have some good places to get pizza here in Kansas City. I oh, think yeah. yeah, and there's even more now than there was. Um, yeah, I think having more options is huge for us. Um, and like Ryan said, I mean, the more the merrier, right, Ryan? Absolutely. Uh, we yeah, we welcome more. I mean. Um, you know, I'm looking across the street from the Rieger uh, every day for the last eight years, and in that whole stretch along uh, Main Street between 19th and 20th, uh, uh, just being completely falling apart. Aside from a fair, you know, being there, which is doing a great which job. Which when you used to have the Herford House right there for years. It was, yeah, I was there for, gosh, 40, 50 years, something like that. But um, you know, now it's finally going to get redeveloped as well, and so all these all these empty spaces are being filled in. You know, kind of connecting the dots and making it a real dense, vibrant neighborhood. Huge. Yeah, it's exciting. So talk to us about your hours again. So when can we expect to come in? What days are you open? 
Are you so going to be open? We're starting with five days. We're starting two. So, which, so you get two days off a week? No. <laughs> <laughs> that that won't happen owner. for a while. No. Um, we're starting with five days. Tuesday through Saturday will be 4 o'clock to 11, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and 4 o'clock to 1 a.m. Friday and Saturday. That's great. You're staying up until 1, huh? So we'll switch over to a late, late night menu um, around 10 o'clock. Band will, band will start. The late night menu is slightly smaller than the regular, but it's still a very, it's a very substantial menu. We want people to come in and eat dinner at midnight. Um, the biggest difference with it is it'll have – a lot of little one-off things that aren't on our dinner menu. You know, you might you might find just super ingredient-driven, fantastic um, diner-style cheeseburger on that menu. You know, it's something things, I always things, look for at midnight things, on, a, yeah. on a Saturday. Sounds great to things, me. Think what line cooks want to want to smash when they get off their shift totally. and have a cold beer. <laughs> I'm really excited about the uh, the live music component. Um, having another option uh, down there, which is is great. Are there any um, specific artists you guys have lined up that will be regulars there that will be performing a lot or that you're excited about? We're we're trying to immediate in the immediate future stay away from complete regulars and just get a lot of people in the door. But mm-hmm. um, one one of our dear friends, we got married at her parents' farm, Shea Estes. You'll see, be seeing a, a pretty regular present Shea. from her with numerous different um, people playing with them. Um, one of my favorites, Lauren Crum plays with Grizzly Hand. Um, she puts together a couple different, um, groups that she plays with. And that's important to me is it's a very kind of folky rock country influence thing. She's got jazz influences, but we're, yeah. we're not a jazz club. We're a restaurant and a bar right. with music, but we not going to just be jazz. There's either. A, lot we, of, a lot of diversity in, in the Kansas City music scene. What was the, the band? Like the last night at the American, I was there. It was like the Django Reinhardt kind of really Legren style. Can't remember the name, but they were fantastic. I'm hoping to see them again. Uh, I'm thinking Hot Club KC, Hot right? Club. Hot so, Club KC, yeah. So Shay will be singing with Hot Club KC. Love she them. sings with them. It's fantastic. It's yeah. so fun. It's like anywhere from five, six, seven, eight guitars, and they're all just going they're back. Brilliant! And forth. Those it's guys fun. are incredible. And then, and then, uh, and then, and then a violin that's just crazy. Yeah. So going to be a lot of fun. Corvino Supper Club and Tasting Room. Uh, you guys have a Facebook page. It's at Corvino KC also. The website, uh, if you want to click to reserve your experience, is at Corvino.com. And uh, congratulations, Michael, on all your success. Uh, thanks for staying in Kansas City. It's going to be great to have another great restaurant in the crossroads to attend. It really is becoming kind of the restaurant area to go. And uh, can't wait to check it out, man. Can't wait to... Hit up some of those those small plates that actually aren't small. And uh, a lot of the late night eats, that sound good, man. Looking forward to it. Can't wait to have you guys. Thanks for coming on the show, Ryan. Maybe thank you for joining thank me you. today. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. We'll see you again next week. Really enjoyed the show. Hope you did too. Take care.